starting down Daf Mamad Aleph at the bottom of the Mishnah, the bottom of Lamad Amad Beis Nachri Shehilvas Yisrael Alchimso. So we're going to talk about here what happens if the Chametz is so it's Nachri Shehilvas Yisrael Alchimso, which means that the Nachri loaned money to a Yisrael. And he took, the Nachri took as a mashkan, he took the chametz of the Yisrael. So, achar pesach mutter So the prevailing thought at this point is that since it spent Pesach as a mashkan in the house of the Nachri, so therefore it would be okay. And the Gemara is going to have to qualify this. We're going to have to qualify this. Why it is that if the chametz belong to the Yisrael, right? It was the Yisrael's chametz. The Nachri gives the Yisrael some money, loans him some money. He says, okay, you could hold on to my chametz as a mashkin, take my $1,000 bottle of scotch, okay, to, as, as, a, as collateral for the loan. So we say that that's not considered chametz al Pesach. On the flip side, Yisrael shehilves as nachri al chimtzai achar pesach aser So the Yisrael loans money to the guy and he takes the guy's bottle of scotch as a mashkin. So then we say that the Jew, it is also Misham Chamech Shavalava Pesach. Okay, so obviously it can't just be a regular plain mashkin. It can't just be a bar, like a borrowing situation. It has to be some sort of bilas. And uh, we're going to go through, the Gemara is going to go through a couple of iterations that are going to be Magala, what this case of the Mishnah is. Okay, but now we're going to talk about general concepts of Balchay. We're going to come to ask a question on this Mishnah. And through the questions from our Mishnah, we're, or through the questions in regards to Balchay, we're going to learn some things about in our Mishnah. Basically, we're trying to understand why is it that if I have a Mashkin that the, that the guy, let's say, holds on to, the guy loaned me money and he's holding on to my Mashkin, that's Chametz, why, how that escapes the din of Chametz al Pesach. Or on the flip side, why it would be a problem. So Itmar. Is, we learned. Returning, is returning the mosque back to the guy considered uh, Hana? No, I don't think so. We're not, we're not talking about There's no return here. Okay. There's no return. There's no return after Pesach. There's no return of the mosque. So, Zak de Gemara. Itmar. Baal Chayv. Let's talk about a regular Baal Chayv. Abai Amar Lama Freya Hu so a loan happens, right? There's basically, there's two memorable events, timestamps, right? So there's the date of the promissory note when the note, note occurs. And then there's the payment date. So the question is, let's say the Baal Chayv, the, the lender, takes collateral, okay? Let's say he takes collateral. When do we say, takes collateral, when do we say that the collateral became his? Is it... The guy doesn't end up paying. In the event that he doesn't pay. Of course, if he pays up, it's not even a question. It was never his in the first place. In the event that he doesn't pay. So he takes a loan. Guy takes a loan January 1st. Has to be paid by December 31st. December 31st comes and goes. He didn't pay the loan back. January 1st, he took collateral. Do we say that the collateral belonged to the Malva, the lender, January 1, the date the loan started? Since he never paid at the end, it's what the Gemara calls a Giloy Milsa back that from January 1, it was really his? Or do we say that now it only becomes his on December 31st when he doesn't pay? So, Amar Abaya, so Balchayv, Abaya Amar Lamafreya Hugayva, that it goes back to January 1, the date on the promissory note, the date of the loan. 
not the due date, payment due date. It's on the payment due date. Now, what's the nafkamina? So let's say the let's say uh, March first comes, the loiva goes ahead, the item that was pledged that, that the lender had a lien on, right? So let's see, there's a mortgage, okay, house mortgage, right? That's, a, that's the most common one. So the lender lends money, he puts a lien on the house, okay? Now let's say this person goes ahead, let's say he sells his house or, or he is Makdish's house, the borrower. So I'm living in my house, I go ahead and Makdish or I sell it. They didn't have uh, title searches as efficient in those days, so the sale went through, and then afterwards we figure everything out if there's problems. So now, so of course, the lender can take the house back. Sorry, he had no, no rights to take it. So he, if it was a sale, he can go ahead and just take it. If it was a, if, if it was hectic, then he has to redeem it. Meaning really, let's say the house was worth, let's say the loan was for, a hundred, uh, you know, a million dollars. The house was worth $500,000. He gave the house to Hectish. So he should be able to just go take it back from Hectish because the, it's, for, it's for more than, uh, the loan was for more than the house is worth. The problem is, is that when you come to be paid from Hectish, that's why we say also malva uparek. When you come to take something out of Hectish that really wasn't supposed to be Hectish's because the leva gave it and he shouldn't have given it, he, he, he's able to take it. The only problem is, is that it looks bad for us to just go take stuff from Hectish. So we make him give, you know, another, you know, $100. He'll give another $100 to Hectish. That'll be the Padilla. And then we'll add that to the loan on the back end, right? So he has to go through some sort of parik rede- redemption on Hectish, even though he's coming to take it away from Hectish. Right, as we see in the Mishnah says, in Erechen, that when you come to if something is encumbered, if it has a lien, and you're coming to get it back from Hectish because the loan wasn't paid, so then you have to add a little bit. Keep Ligi, so what's the Machlegis over here? The Zavin Malva, the Kaddish Malva. So the Malva goes ahead on March 1st. The lender goes ahead and says, ha, I'm pretty sure this guy's not going to pay. He goes ahead and he's Makdish it on March 1st. Then on December 1st, he says, you know what? Eh, didn't really want to do that. I want to keep it if he doesn't pay. Comes December 31st, the guy doesn't pay his loan out. So now what? Question is, on March 1st, do we say, so on March 1st, it really was his, and therefore, whatever heck, it was his, provided that it wasn't paid at the end. Again, it's this concept of lemafreya. Or do we say, no, it wasn't his until December 31st, and therefore, the fact that he was makdashit on March 1st, and then was chayzer on his, his, his being makdashit at some point in between, that's not a problem. So Abayim al-Mafreya, who goiva, kibin demata's manavile para, since the time came, December 31st, so then he got a milsa to mafreya to make karabushu sayhave. Turns out that it was really in his rishos from January 1st. Vishaper akdish, vishaper zavin. And it was a good hektish, it was a good sale. Vishaper akdish, no. Kibin the ilu havule zuze. Since if the lender, if the borrower would have had money, the guy who owed the money, he would have had money, have a masalik luhu bezuze. Lamaisa, he would have been masalik him. So therefore, Sorry, you got to wait until the due date. Ishtakach, the hash, the kokani, and really it takes place at the due date. So now we're asking, we're now going to ask on Rava. Eventually we're going to get to ask on a mission. We're asking on Rava. Umiyama Rava hachi, does Rava hold? Then it's mikan ulahaba. Ve'amar Rami Barchama. 
Rabbi Rechon brings the following case. Ruvain Shamachar Sadu Lashim and Bachrayis, the Zakfun Alav, the Milva. There's a lot of stuff going on over here. So Ruvain sells a field to Shimon, Bachrayis. Ruvain owed money to Levi, to Balchay. So he goes ahead and he sells a field to Shimon, Bachrayis. He says, if, Le- if I don't pay my loan to Levi, and he's going to come back on you, Shimon, then I, Reuven, I'm going to give you the money, right? Because, but Shimon doesn't actually pay Reuven the money. He gives him a promissory note. So Reuven owns money, owes money to Levi. He has a field. Let's say the loan's not due yet, okay? He goes ahead, he sells this field to Shimon, and, but he sells it on AR, on credit, where Shimon, where, where Shimon says, I'll pay you later. And then Reuven guarantees him that if Levi goes and takes the field, he's going to get it. So now what happens? Then who mates Reuven? Now comes Levi, who's the Balchayv of Reuven. He says, uh, okay, time to pay up. Hey, Shimon, okay, the guy's dead, so he's not paying me. And uh, Shimon, you have his field. Now, Shimon, you give me the money. Shimon goes ahead and gives him the money. So let's just say uh, the property is worth $100,000. Reuven owed Levi $100,000 on a separate loan. Reuven had a property worth $100,000 that he gave to Shimon. Shimon gave Reuven back a note to say, I'll pay you $100,000 on a later date. Okay, now uh, Shimon saves up his $100,000 and he's going to go pay Reuven. Instead, Reuven dies. Levi comes and says, give me the money because Reuven owed me money and you have the land, so I'll take it. Dino hu da asimene Reuven... Okay, Shimon got himself in trouble over here. Why? Then with the Asim and Reuven, the 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 Yisaimim, right? Reuven's kids who die. They can say to Shimon, "Sorry, Anan Shavak Avungabach. Our father left Metalton by you. A promissory note, a promise to pay, is Metalton. So you owed my father a hundred thousand dollars, Metalton, not Karka. Well, sorry." Balchayv can't collect from Metaltolin. Okay, and therefore, so now, sorry, Shimon, you still owe us the hundred grand. And Shimon's out the money because he paid, right? So Shimon, in general, unless he does the following Eitzah that Rav is going to say in a second, Shimon's going to be in trouble. Okay, because he's, either way, he's going to have to pay twice. He, because the field has a lien, so Levi can always come and take the field from Shimon. And... Shimon has a, pro- a promissory note to Reuben that he has to pay. So what is that? what's he supposed to do if he wants to be smart and not have to lose out, not have to pay twice? He should give the land to, back to the assignment that he bought from Reuben. Okay, and let the Baal Chayv collect the land from, from the assignment of Reuben. Why? Because it's land. Because if the Yisayimim get land with, that's owed as a, in exchange for a chayv, somebody owes money to the father and the Yisayimim get land, that land is subject to being collected by a Baal Chayv. So, <clears throat> now, okay, and, and that's what he should do. Therefore, Shimon should have given the land back or should give the land back. If he gives the land back, so now everybody gets paid up, right? He gives the land back, sorry, he doesn't have the field, but uh, they have land, the Yisayim have land, the Baal Chav Reuven comes, he takes the land and finishes, it's done. But why would the Yisayim ever accept land? Because you don't have a choice. So 
So they have to accept the land back. They have to accept the land if he gives yeah, it. And, and that land, if it's, if it's money's owed on it, it'll, it'll never even touch ground with the sediment. Well, we're going to see here in a second. So we're going to ask, we're assuming that it's very transactional over here. Okay? So if you want to tell me this whole, there's a concept of Lamafreya that at the date when the loan was executed is when it belongs to the Malva, the Balchayv. That's why Levi, the Balchayv of Ruvain, can go ahead and collect the land from the Asylum of Ruvain. Because it's like he collected it, like Levi collected it, because what? It was owed to Levi from the date of the loan. It was like it was his. The lien on the land made it as if it was his. The fact that Ruvain sold it to Shimon was of no consequence. It packed back the same. Okay, fine. So the Lamaisa, then we could say that it was here, you know, from 10 years ago when Ruvain was still alive. But he was saying, he was saying that the Karka is not, is not a collateral. It, it, it becomes an automatic collateral. Well, let's, let's, let, let's go through the process. Let's, let's let the Gemara take you through the process. This is where we're going to end up. However, if you want to tell me that the land, that the land, uh, that, that when he doesn't, Ruben doesn't pay his chayv, the land be, becomes property of the lender only at the date, at the due date, once he fails to pay. So then, Amai chayzer v'goyvay samehen. Why is the Balchayv able to get the land from the assignment? It's like the assignment went out and bought new land. If you send him go and buy land, it's not going to be Mishtabah to the Balchayv. Elamai, you have to say that it's working. And how could Rava say it's Mikanu Laba, Kashan Rava? So the Gemara answers, no, the way it works here is different. It's not transactional. Shani Hasam, it's different. To Amar Lahu, because the Balchayv can tell the Yisayimim, the whole reason you got this land back was because you had a Shibud. It was a Shibud from your father, because Shimon owed your father money. So by the way, Shibud didn't work after Misa? Mishtab Davuchan. So therefore, it's that same shibud on the karka that allows you to collect the karka. It's the same shibud that would allow me, and it doesn't work on my freya. We're saying that the shibud works in real time. The shibud works. Why? Midirab Nasan. Okay, and that's called what's called the shibud of the Nasan. Ditanya. Nasan Naimer. Minayan If Shimon owns money to Ruvain. Okay, Mana. Bechavera, Bechavera. And Ruvain owes money to Levi. How do we know that you will take it from one and to the, you'll get you'll take it from one and give it to the other? That Shimon goes ahead. That that Levi is able to collect from Shimon. That you give it to the one who is Asham, and we say that it's a dinning. Asham is a lashon of Karen. You give it to the one who lent him money. Okay, Asher Asham Loi. I'm sorry, the Pasuk doesn't say who was the loiva, but rather it was the one who is owed money. So what we see is that when you're paying a loan, that you could pass that Sheba along, or that Sheba could get passed along. So too over here, what we're saying is we don't have to get into this whole question of Mikanu Laba or Lamafreya who Gaiva, because the Shibudu Rabnasan says that we could play with this Shibudim. And therefore, we don't have to look at the time that the land was actually committed. The fact that there's a Shibud 
creates a collectible event, and that's why Levi can go ahead and collect this land. And we don't have to say that it was in the Yusayim before, Yusayim after, no, from the fact that the Yusayim have a Shibud on this land, that they would be able to get it back. So too, that, just like that Shibud exists now, even though Reuven died, so too the Shibud that Reuven had to Levi, because he owed money to Levi, would allow him to collect this land as well. So now, let's, let's, let's plug this concept back. We're going to ask from our Mishnah. Tanah. Nach, we shall be Yisrael al-Chemtzai achara Pesach. Sorry. Nach, we shall be Yisrael al-Chemtzai. A guy that lends money to a Jew and takes collateral, takes a mashkin from the Jew. Achara Pesach motor bahana. One second. So if you want to tell me that, right, we have a Bachlikis. When does the mashkin belong to the lender? At the time the promissory note was signed or the two day? Now, if you tell me, that it's the time the promissory note was signed when the loan took place, so then I understand. So now I understand. Comes a week before Pesach. The guy, it, it, belong, it, 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 it comes a week before Pesach. The Jew borrows $1,000 from the guy, gives him a bottle of, gives him a scotch collection to hold on to. Okay? And the Jew never pays. Okay? He has a week to pay. He doesn't pay. After Pesach, we say, It was the guy's the entire Pesach. He has a month to pay. Sorry. Right? It's the guy, and it, the bottom line is it's saved by the guy the entire Pesach. So that's why I understand. Ella, Iamit, if you want to say he borrows the money and he gives the mashkin to the guy before Pesach and he doesn't pay back the due date is after Pesach, so then I'm my mutter with Yisrael Havakai. So why is it mutter If you're saying I don't care that the mashkin was sitting in his house. So the Gemara says my askin that's like no, it doesn't mean he pledged it like a like land, but it means it was actually sitting in the guy's house since it was sitting in the guy's house. Even though maybe it takes place in it was sitting in the guy's house. Therefore, we'll say from a Chametz Shavu Pesach standpoint, it was in the house of the guy, and therefore you're going to be okay. So let's pause there for a second because we're not done. But we're going to go back to Lema Kitanoi. Let's say that the Machlokes of Abaya and Rava is like a Machlokes Tanayim, whether we say Lema Freya Hu or Makan Hu Abahu Gaiva. Yisrael Shilva Lenachri Al So let's say a Yisrael lent to a guy. And we saw that money to the guy, and the Yisrael took a mash gun that was chametz. Lachar Pesach ain't over. He's not over. Mishimur Meir Oimer, over. Okay, so we have a machlikis tanoim. So my lab, ha'kamifligi. The ma'ar sabar la'afreya hu goiva. That Rameir holds the ma'afreya hu goiva, and therefore the fact, right, the, the Yisrael lent money to the nachri, and took a collateral of Chametz. So if you say the Mafreya who gave it then, the Chametz was beyond Yisrael over Pesach. And that's why it's Aser. Umar Savar, the Tanakama Olds, come on. Mikanu Laba who gave That it's later. And therefore, it was never his. It was only from when the loan wasn't paid. And that took place after Pesach. And therefore, the Yisrael, who was the uh, note holder, who was the lender here, never, never had the Chametz on Pesach. So, really? That's okay. Sounds good, except Vitisbara. What does the Seifa say? So now flip it around. The guy lends the Yisrael money, and the Yisrael gives the guy or pledges collateral that's chametz to the guy. 
everyone's going to hold it's a problem. It doesn't belong to the guy. So now, really, if you want to tell me that this brisa, oh, but that has to be this way. I understand what you mean. The cash is, of course, it, that that automatically has to work, work in reverse. So if the that's the gemara, that's the gemara's kasha. On the ratio, we said it's a machlekes tanakam rameir. That's goof of the gemara's kasha. Now we're saying It should have been the exact flip case. Leman damar hasam. According to the tanakam and the ratio, who said. According to the Tanakhama, the ratio who said that the Jew doesn't, that the lender doesn't hold on to it because it's not lemafreya, so ain't over, hacha over. Right here, it should be over because here, right over there, it was the Jew uh, holding. Right, so over over the, in the ratio, what was the case? The Jew lent the money and was the lien holder. So we said the Tanakhama holds his mutter there, which means that it's mikanulaba, not lemafreya. So to over here on the flip case. Right, so over here it should have been over because it is um, over here. It, it, even though the, the guy lent the Jew money and the guy had a lien on the Jew's chametz, sorry, it still belongs to the guy because that lien is only mekano laba, not lemafreya. Leman damar hasam over. According to man damar, that over there held that you're over. Hachayin over. So over here it should be okay. Ella, you cannot explain this brisa. As it being subject to the machlekes of Abaya and Rava of Mikanu Laba, who gave our mafreya, who gave What are we talking about? He going sheherinai etzlay, where it was the mashkin was physically placed in the possession of the lender. The kamif lekibid the Rabbi Yitzchak and their argument Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yitzchak minayin labal chayv shekayna mashkin. So how do we know? Okay, the question is now we're going to try to understand what is this mashkin? What is it? So we're saying now, that a Baal Chayv actually is Kaina, belongs to him, the Mashkin. How do we know that? That it should be Tzedakah. Now what's this Pasuk talking about? The Pasuk is talking about in Kisei, say that if you, lend, if, if you lend somebody money and you take a Mashkin, that, let's say you take the guy's pajamas, you got to give it back to him at night to use. Okay, now, what do we call that? Tzedakah. So if you're not kind of the mashkin, then why is it tzedakah? No, it's his. That's why you have to, you have to give it back to him to use. Elamai must be, you the lender, we're really kind of it. And then the Pusik's telling you, do tzedakah. Let him use it at night. So now, what's going on over here? That it's only when a Jew... But lends money to another Jew, that's when we say he's kind of the mashkin. But if the Jew lends money to a nachri, and the nachri gives the Jew a mashkin, the, the guy is not kainin. What do you mean? If when you lend money to a Jew, you're kind of the mashkin, of course, if you lend money to a guy and the guy gives you a mashkin, you're kind of that mashkin. But, however, nachri shehilves Yisrael achemsei achara pesach. However, the guy that lends the money to the Yisrael, everybody holds the Yisrael is over. Why? Because Hasam Vadai Nachim Yisrael Laikani. Here we're talking about a Jew. If the Jew is the lender, then it's a Machlaikis Tanayim. That's the ratio. The Jew is the lender. Machlaikis Tanayim, whether the guy's Mashkin belongs to you or not. The Tanakhama says, no, it's only the mashkin of a Jew that belongs to you, and therefore you as the lender never owned it. 
Rameir holds that even a guy, Kavachaymer, a guy's mashkin belongs to you, and therefore you are over. But in the safest case, where it's the other way around, so we say everybody's going to agree that if the lender is a guy, he does not take ownership of the mashkin. And that's why in the safe of Divri Akol, the guy lends the Jew money, the Jew gives the guy a mashkin, Harinu Etzlai, puts it in the guy's house, puts the mashkin in the guy's house. According to everybody, you're going to have to say that it still belongs to the Jew. It's Mekano Laba. Okay? So if so, now this is going to trigger a question on our Mishnah, right? What do you mean? Our Mishnah said, What's going on over here? Yes, it's sitting by the guy. We said that a guyish lender does not take ownership of the mashkin. So why is it going to be mutter banah after Pesach? So the Gemara says, Big difference. If, the, if he said meachshav, when the Jew, the loan took place, the Jew gave the guy the mashkin and said, if I don't pay it back, it's yours now, on January 1st, the date of the promissory note, then we say it was the guy's the entire time. It doesn't fall under the din of mashkin. Who, does the, does the lender take ownership of the mashkin or not? No, this is a separate din, since it was, it was like a tenai included in the loan. So Elamai, how are we going to explain our Mishnah? When our Mishnah said, quite, right, we see that our Mishnah triggered a lot of things, right? We have this... We got into the question of, is it Lamafreya or Mekana Laba, right? And then, um, what about this whole, the, the dinam of Mashkin? So our Mishnah, you have to say, it's number one, Herinu Etzlai, right? That it's sitting in the house of the lender, and that the loan was conducted specifically on tonight of Meyaksha. That's what we're saying now, is the case of our Mishnah. Therefore, if the guy lent the Jew money before Pesach, and it sat, the mashkin sat there the entire time, and the Jew doesn't pay at the end. So then we say that, the, that it's mutter bahana because it was really the guys the entire time. Not because a nachri is kind of mashkin, nachri is not kind of mashkin. But the reason is because, because he said me'achsha. And again, in the seifa, on the flip side, the Jew is going to be, it's going to be asr bahana because we're sitting in the house of a Jew. We're not wandering into the machlekes of Rameyer and the Tanakama as to whether or not a Jew that accepts a mashkin from a guy, he's actually kainet. We're not getting there because we're just going to say that the mission is meyachshav. Okay. So if the Jew, in the, in the safe, if the Jew doesn't pay back, then it would be also bound Because he wouldn't trigger the meyachshav. Correct. If he does pay back, I mean. Yeah, if he does pay back. If, he, if the Jew does, if the guy does pay back. It's safe. If the guy pays back. Correct. Okay, now, so how do we know the Shani So now we're just going to clean this up. How do we know that there's a concept of Meachshav, that it makes a difference? A guy that left as a Mashkin, Hirin is left as a Mashkin, Pasporni is this super large, the jumbo bread. So we say that that was Chashiv, so that's why it was. Like most of the bread in those days were like little tiny, you know, pitas. And there was one jumbo bread that was kosher. So the guys, I'm lending you money. I want to hold on to that. Okay. Eitzel Yisrael, ain't over. He's not over. However, so, right, over, if, if, over Pesach, the, the Jew has the mashkin. It's not his. If he says it belongs to you, at the time of the loan, then over. 
So we see clearly so we see that there, that does work. Okay, we see that there's a differentiation between saying me'achshav or not. If he doesn't say me'achshav, even if the Jew is holding on to the pas of the nachri, it's not over. It's not his problem because it's not really his. Okay. Tanarabam. So now we're just gonna learn a din. Let's say you have a store chanush shel yisrael umelai shel yisrael. Let's say you have a, a Jewish grocery store with uh, you know Kedem wine, Jewish owned inventory. Okay, corn schala. Okay, and Gaish workers come in. Still, if you find chametz in the store, you have to assume that it belongs to the store owner and or the inventory, and therefore it's aser You cannot tag it on the gayim. You find a piece of bread there, you can't say that it belonged to the, the gayish workers and they left it there. And of course, if it's Asr Ba'ana, it's for sure going to be Asr Ba'achila. Let's say it was the flip side, non-Jewish grocery store and non-Jewish inventory. But there was a Jewish worker, and you find So we're saying that we're not going to go, we're not going to go uh, assume that because it's a worker, we're going to go after based on who owns the store and what the inventory is. So if the store owner is Jewish and the inventory owner is Jewish, then we're going to assume that any chametz found there is chametz shavuot pesach and it's going to be aser. And on the flip side, if the store, uh, you know, you go into shoppers, not owned by a Jewish person, and the inventory is not Jewish, you find a piece of bread somewhere on the aisle, you uh, will. We, we could assume we don't have to. We don't have to be concerned that it belonged to a uh, Jewish worker that came through there. Okay, we we just assume. That it belongs as part of the store owner. Yeah, I don't know Lamaisa when it comes to supermarkets, you know where everything's packaged. I don't know Lamaisa how he would paskin on this. Um, I have to ask your local Orthodox rabbi. Not sure how many of us would be eating this unknown piece of bread that was on the floor of the supermarket. Anyways, <laughs> okay. I mean, for Yeah, it's a good question. Okay, let's let's zuck the Mishnah. Chametz shenafla love my playlist. So let's say, and we've had this before. Let's say you had a piece of chametz and a, a, a wall collapsed over it. Harehu kamavur, it's considered destroyed. You don't have to go and destroy it. You don't have to go pick up all the rocks and go look for it. It's considered destroyed. What is it? That is that a dog wouldn't sniff it out. Because if he would, then you have to be concerned. Either way, you need to be mevatal, right? This, just because it's destroyed does not preclude you. It's still ba'olam. So yes, you, you were yaitzi, your chi of, of getting rid of tashbisu, of getting rid of the chametz, but you still need to do, um, you still need to do bittel. And Rashi says, Shema yifkach hagal right? Maybe the, the, this mapolos will get cleared away and then the chametz will emerge. By the way, what is the amount of chavish sakelev? Three tzvachim. Okay, that's how deep, that's how deeply buried this chametz needs to be. By the way, in regards to money, that the only way to properly guard money is by digging a hole in the ground and sticking it in the ground. Do you need, do we use the same shloisha tzvachim and saying that's what dug in the ground means? 
When it comes to food, food has a smell, dog's going to go after the food. So then, here, you're not trying to get people sniffing. All you're trying to do is cover it. That's the whole goal. In order to guard the money, you have to have it covered in the ground. So, you don't need three tvachim akama. How much do you need to bury money in the ground to be yitzi your chiyav of shmira? I'm a raf bar papa, mi sechra. Raf from bar papa from sechra says that the amount is a tefach, that all you need for money is a tefach. I'm going to stop here. So. Are you disappointed? You sound a little disappointed. Shas. Shas Bavli. You're expected to know the whole Shas Bavli. So. None of the, none of the, you didn't have any. It's not like they brought you a Shami in over here. You know, you can't have any complaints. Okay, so we started with Nachri Shelves, Shalach, Himsach, Arpesach, we said Mutter Bahana, and then we got into Balchayv, right? Abayi Salam Afreyu Gaiva, Rebbe Semikanu Labahu Gaiva. Okay, we said that um, if what was an Afgamina, that if the Loiva, of course, according to everybody, if the Loiva was Makdashit, then, right, and he never ends up paying the loan, then of course the lender can go ahead and get it. And Afgamina is what happens if the lender. Is sells it or is makdish it and then decides to recant before the due date. So before it came his. So according to Abaya, sorry, Gel and Milsal, I'm afraid to make carb. But say it was really his from the time that he signed the promissory note. Since from the time the promissory note was signed, that it belonged to the lender. Since the borrower never paid. According to Rabbi, he says since if the borrower would have money. He could be misalek him, right? He would have paid off the loan and this whole lien would have been completely irrelevant. So therefore, you have to say it's mikan but it's only from the due date. And we said, right, we asked, we asked the kasha on Rava, which we answered, we brought this in and we said, even though Rava says by regards to Yusayim, that they, uh, that they're able to, um, that the Baal Chayv of Ruvain is able to get the field from the Yusayim of Ruvain, even though the Yusayim only get it after Ruvain's already dead. Must be it's the Marfei. And we said no. That works. Be misham shibude de Rav Nasan. That shibud. That there's two different things as far as bilas and shibud. Okay, and that works as a shibud de Rav Nasan. Okay, but either way, we asked according to Rava. I don't understand. In our Mishnah, how's it going to work? If you say it's mikanu laba, so then why the chametz? What do you mean? And the chametz was uh, yours over Pesach. Why is it that when the when the guy lends the Jew money and the Jew deposits a mashkin there? that we say it belongs to the guy, and therefore it's not a problem with Hamashal Pesach. And we said that he was Hirinu, that he left it in the house of the guy. We tried to make Abai and Rabbi Tali on this Machlekes Tanayim between Rameir and the Tanakama in regards to Mashkin. Right? We said that uh, in regards to the Mashkin, the Tanakama held that if the Jew lent money that we say that uh, and, and, and accepted the Mashkin, Tanakama held that it was Mutar Achar Pesach, and Rameir held it was Aser. Okay, it was your over on Chamech Pesach. And we said, no, sorry, it doesn't work because of the Seifa. Because in the Seifa, you have to say there's something else going on here because otherwise the Seifa would have been exactly the inverse. And what we said was, if the guy lent the Jew money, we said that it's in the Jews' Rishos, so we got a problem. So we said, oh, there, we're talking about what is the halachas of Mashkin. 
And there, what we said was that if a guy is the lender, everyone's going to hold that the guy does not take bylaws of the mashkin, even if it's Hirinu Atzlai. Now, we're coming back to our case, and now we're trying to understand. In our Mishnah, we said, our Mishnah is Hirinu Atzlai, and therefore, if the guy was the lender, and the Jew gave him the mashkin before Pesach, and it sat in the possession of the guy the entire time, it's Muterbana. Why? So we said it has to be, our case is talking about Me'achshav, and then we brought in a, um, we brought in a Minat Tamra, Right from the case of the super large uh, pas mashkin, we see that there's a difference between me'achshav and not me'achshav. And then we have this din of malai that if you have right, the store is owned by a store is owned by a Jew, and the inventory is owned by a Jew. Even if the gayim are uh, the workers are gayim, we say it's aser bahana. And if it's the flip side, we say it's going to be mutar ba'achilam for sure bahana. Okay. And then we just discussed this chametz uh, that nafla of mapoilas. So we said that's like it's destroyed. Rav Chista said, however, you need to be mavato. And Rav Gamliel, who was explaining, Rav Gamliel was coming to explain the words of Tanakama, that when can we rely on the fact that it's buried, it's destroyed, is if it's in Kelev Yachal which is Gimel Tfachim. And that's a uniquely chametz dog-sniffing Pesach din. However, when it comes to Shemira, you would only need uh, Tefach, because there the goal is to just make sure it's covered from the eyesight.